It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. Welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. And it is a pleasure to welcome to the show Jenny Sutherland. She is the Executive Director for Indigenous Arts Collective of Canada. And uh, she's here to talk about a very special event that uh, they have coming up on uh, September 30th in the Ottawa area. And in fact, it's going to be pretty much all day, if I'm not mistaken. They have stuff uh, going on all day of September 30th. And of course, this is for uh, the National Day of Remembrance. So uh, it is a pleasure, as I say, to welcome uh, Jenny to the show. Jenny, welcome. Thank you so much, Miigwech. Mm-hmm. At Nyawagoa and Chimiwech for joining us on the show. Now, uh, you have uh, you have a website uh, separate for the event that is t- taking place that uh, I guess your organization is sponsoring. It's uh, Remember Me September 30, 30th.org is the website people can go to to find out more about uh, the, the things that are happening throughout the day, correct? That's right, yeah. So tell me a little bit about the background of this. Well, um, yeah, the Indigenous Art Collective Canada is a not-for-profit. Uh, we are all volunteers. I'm a residential school um, granddaughter of survivors mm. from the residential school. And Dawn, the founder of our organization, is a 60-scoop survivor. Mm. So we're Indigenous women who um, thought, you know, after our, our babies were uncovered at Kamloops mm. and the government started to move this day um, into a national day for truth and reconciliation that now is uh, the important time to create a ceremony. Mm. Um, I'm a truth and reconciliation specialist as well. And I have been pretty vocal that um, I've seen residential schools as an aggressive tactic of an Indian war. And that, uh, you know, I've been training many, many people across the province and trying to shed light on the fact that thousands of children have died at these schools that's Mm -hmm. gone undocumented. Mm -hmm. And so I've really seen this as a war. And when this day became available to us to kind of um, utilize as a a moment in history to show that uh, we need to elevate Orange Shirt Day, in the same, in a way that honors these, all these children that passed, we thought this is a perfect time to create a ceremony that is similar to our Remembrance Day ceremony for Mm. our veterans um, Mm. that went off to war. Mm. So our little children at residential schools, you know, have been in, been through a a very, um, a war as well. Mm. And so, you know, we just, we, we took this moment and said, oh, we finally have Canada's attention because now everyone's awakening to our story and, and, and these burial grounds that have gone unrecognized and unacknowledged. We thought, now is the perfect time to um, kind of launch this idea forward that we need a ceremony that honors thousands of children and that brings together survivors and, you know, the non-Indigenous community together to um, support these survivors uh, in this incredible day, this incredible ceremony. Mm. The way you uh, refer to uh, this being a war, I know that there are some people who are have chosen to re- refer to themselves as warriors um, yeah. and not survivors of the residential school system. I love that term. I love it. When we are, we are warriors and, you know, our people have shown incredible strength and resilience. And um, yeah, this is, you know, we see ourselves as warriors. We see ourselves as rising and, and um, 
persevering on despite the many, many challenges that are against us. And, you know, we, Canada struggled to acknowledge the genocide here. Um, I've heard terms cultural genocide, but I believe there's been a biological genocide. Mm. Um, and and now we're able to finally prove that, you know, and yeah. sadly through um, the uncovering of these children. So it's, uh, yeah, it's it's the perfect time. So I'm I'm very grateful for how the uh, the event is all coming together. It is, uh, as you said, a full day, mm-hmm. um, starting at um, ten. A ceremony similar to our Remembrance Day ceremonies, as we will have a moment of silence, but we've decolonialized it in, into an indigenous way. Um, we will be using our drums and our heartbeats to have that moment of silence. Right. But you know, the ceremony is a couple hours. We have uh, speakers um, and address by an Algonquin elder, and uh, we have a lot of wonderful performers that will um, will sing beautiful tributes for these children. So uh, I see, uh, and now that this is on Parliament Hill, as you said that's the opening ceremony starts at ten a.m. It does. It starts at ten, but we will we are welcoming survivors mm-hmm. um, to the hill at nine to receive eagle feathers, so they have that feather with them for the day. Great. And would this be a rain or shine event? Yes. Rain or shine. Yep. Um, Now that takes place, as you said, it starts at 10, 10, it goes until 12. So, uh, and now again, uh, this, the next section, the spirit walk starts at 12. I'm just wondering if there's going to be a break for any kind of nourishment or, or any of those kind of things. Um, we will have um, um, food and water on site. Mm -hmm. Um, There is also a diabetes tent. Mm -hmm. Um, but right after the ceremony, the walk will take place. Uh, it's a very short walk to Confederation Park where yeah. we will have a tent for nourishment. And also there will be a food vendor there um, offering some traditional food. Um, but the walk is fairly short. Uh, it's just from Parliament Hill to Confederation Park. Mm-hmm. And uh, that will be led by our survivors. And um, yeah, it's 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 not a march or a protest. I've been right. you know trying to be very vocal about that, so yep. people know this is just a peaceful way to walk together, to rise together, to show support together, all in honoring of of what's happened, and that we walk and we carry on um, uh, for these children and um, for the acknowledgement of truth that's needed here. Um, you know, as I mentioned, finally Canada is awakening to our story. Um, so we get to come together and create a beautiful platform too for our survivors to um, to stand up and to have the support. There will be many speakers once we get to Confederation Park for uh, survivors to share their stories, for warriors to share their stories. And again, there will be more um, songs and performers there as well. Mm, so it is going to be live streamed? It is. There, I've seen some petitions circulating about, uh, you know, trying to get it televised, but mm. we definitely have it live streamed. We've posted that on our website as well. So I know a lot of schools and organizations uh, that have reached out to me that said they're they are taking the time to um, stop what they're doing and ensure the students or employees um, are you know, watching and and participating in this moment with us, which is just amazing support. And I'm so grateful to hear. 
All right. So if, if people actually scroll down the page again, going back to remember me, September 30th dot uh, org. If you scroll down, you do see at the uh, getting further down the page, the live stream uh, join us. And then there's a uh, an actual uh, link that you can connect to uh, right there. So it's fairly easy for people to uh, find a way to connect and watch this. Now, when you say the event, is that the event that starts at 10 until 12? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's great. Now, of course, uh, the other thing you get when you scroll down the page uh, is the uh, the full agenda, so people can see what is going to be happening, uh, those people that are involved and that are participating, which is great for those people. Once again, like you said, that can't uh, that can't be there. Um, although it's is live streamed, is there a way for for people to uh, comment or or participate in any way in, in a virtual format other than just watching uh i would think so i would think i would think through the live stream but i don't handle the technical yep. side of things so <laughs> that's that's a good question i will uh i'll mention that because i'm sure i'm mm. usually what you see is the the option to comment on mm. most yep. um yep. live streams so i'm assuming that would also be the case for this right um, you know, you mentioned your, yourself and Don um, and the connection to residential schools. And, um, you know, as I scroll down the page, I see calling all survivors, grandmothers, mothers, aunties and daughters to lead the spirit walk. Orange, orange shirts and ribbon skirts, uh, moccasins and a feather, women in the skirts, spirits of our ancestors all walking together. Very lovely. Uh, very nice to see that uh, there together. How has the response been thus far about, uh, about uh, people uh, connecting and, and wanting to participate? Have you had uh, much feedback so far? Oh, gosh, yes. It's been wonderful. You know, there's, there's, um, Talina and Lindsay, um, Shandra are also on the board helping to organize this. We're all Indigenous women, so we all have a connection to residential schools. Mm. Um, but yeah, we have, um, We've had wonderful feedback. We uh, This is woman-led because um, traditionally we are a matriarchal society. And I'm um, a strong believer in what we all need right now is, you know, sacred feminine rising, bringing back the matriarchs, bringing back the woman mm. and our strength and resiliency and our, um, our ability to be nurturing. And, you know, we are the caregivers. We bring warmth to our communities. So it's a time right now of um, grace and compassion and love and, and no better leaders than women to, uh, to do this. So it's grandmother woman led walk. Um, for that reason. Um, and it's not to dismiss or discredit the importance of our men. It's just, this is our role and we are all rising to reclaim that. And I think it's a wonderful time where we can finally do that. Um, as we all know, this is a very, um, patriarchal, um, society. It has been, and I, I, I speak on behalf of, you know, of feminism and, and the need for, uh, for women to rise. So, I think this is an incredible way to facilitate that. And we've had wonderful feedback. A lot of, uh, of women warriors are coming forward, ready to take on the task. And it's just beautiful to uh, witness. And I couldn't agree more. I think everything you said there is it's very valid. And I, and I love the idea of uh, a time for women to rise and, uh, and, 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 you know, take back the role um, in the matriarch society. It's, it's a wonderful idea that you have there. And let's hope it uh, continues to flourish and move forward. Um, 
you, you know, uh, I myself uh, have a connection to Six Nations. I did not grow up there. However, my dad was taken from Six Nations uh, when he was very young, so he wouldn't have to go to uh, the Mohawk Institute, uh, also yeah. known as the Mashhol. I'm sure you're familiar with that. Yes. Um, so, uh, ironically, I did have a business that I started on Six Nations, uh, and it needed a place to house it. And uh, believe it or not, it ended up being in the Mush Hall. And it actually was in the girls' dorm area where, uh, where I ended up being. And only because uh, it had previously been used by a similar business uh, many years before that. Um, and so, it was kind of set up for that purpose. So I spent a great deal of time in that building. Uh, so I'm very familiar with how those, those institutions feel. Uh, I spent long hours working into the night and, you know, it, it was, it was an eye opener. It, yeah. it was. And uh, I just find it so, you know, strange in so many ways that my dad was taken out of there and I ended up back in there uh, with my business uh, housed in, in that building until they finally had to get rid of us because the building was so uh, decrepit and, and uh, leaky roof and uh, there was lots of lots of issues with it that uh, we just could not stay there anymore and they had to move us out which at this point I'm sure you might be familiar with the uh, they're trying to now turn that back into a museum and mm -hmm. uh, they've got a call out to raise funds uh, to try and, uh, and preserve it and, and turn it into a, uh, a museum that people can then go see and walk through um, and, and participate in. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, I feel that it's uh, it's it's interesting and amazing in a way how you kind of came full circle back into that space. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that's important. And I think, you know, I myself um, w likes to go into these places and to feel and, and honor the honor the children that it had to be in these spaces and mm. offer my prayers and intention and energy into those spaces. Mm. So I'm, I'm yeah, I, I have heard a lot about the mush, the mush hole needing uh, getting receiving funding to make it into a cultural center. So that's great. Yeah, um, you know, there are so many things we could talk about. We could, I could go on forever about about being in there because all these thoughts and ideas are rushing back into my head as as we talk about it and spending time there along with other people. Of course, I wasn't there by myself. Language was also in there above me. I remember uh, as the leak was starting to starting to leak when there was a heavy rain, uh, we'd all have to run upstairs uh, to put buckets down and uh, in the language area, they finally had to move out of there because it became so bad. But had that been any other building, uh, the roof would have collapsed. You know, it was just, there was so much water coming in, but that is such a, a massive old building um, that it, it withheld all the weight of that water. But uh, parts of the roof did collapse. It's, a, you know, a building over 100 years old. So uh, the kind of, of building structure uh, and, and construction that was used is very different from what would be used today. Mm -hmm. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. I'm your host, David Moses, and this is Moment of Truth. And my guest here on the show is uh, Jenny Sutherland, and uh, she is with an organization known as Indigenous Arts Collective of Canada. And uh, Jenny is the executive director with the organization, and we're talking about uh, an event they have coming up on 
September 30th, the uh, National Day of Remembrance and uh, National Day of Truth and Reconciliation. And it is called um, Remember Me, September 30th.org. If you go to, to remember me, September uh, 30th.org, you can find out all about the events that are taking place in Ottawa. It starts out on Parliament Hill at 10 a.m. and they have events going on throughout the day. So from 10 until 12, they will be at uh, Parliament Hill and uh, then they're going to, uh, at 12 o'clock, they're going to go for a, a, w- a walk to Confederation Park. And this is a rain or shine event. And uh, then from, uh, from the walk uh, to Confederation Park, then they're going to have things happening from 12 until 5 p.m. If you go, uh, once again, to the site that I just mentioned, rememberme.september30th.org, you can get the full agenda. You can find out more. This is going to be live streamed as well. So if you can't... Uh, participate or you're not in the area and this is something you would like to do uh, so that you can feel that you're involved somehow, then this is, is something you can also do online. And if you scroll down that page, it will take you to the place you can click on that will take you to the live event. Now, it's only the uh, first part of the day from 10 until 12 that is going to be live streamed. Uh, Jenny, if you could tell us a little bit more about uh, what will be happening afterwards, like from 12 until 5. I know that you've got music, you've got presentations, You've got round dance um, and art illustrations, et cetera, that'll be happening. Yes, yeah, we have. It's it's still evolving, so okay. our uh, agenda keeps changing. Sure. We've, you know, the eagle ceremony. We now we also have a uh, survivor speaking. We mm. we uh, have a survivor that will speak during our ceremony, mm-hmm. and we have several survivors that will be speaking at Confederation Park. Um, we also have. Um, scoop survivors that will be there um, 60s 70s millennial um we have uh warriors um the upcoming warriors my my people the omashkegawak um are coming back they walked in the summer in august and they're coming back to finish and and do a ceremony on the hill that day as well so some of those warriors will be speaking we have lots of performers again we have fawn wood and shabastic that are are um, singing their songs at the ceremony they will be continuing on in the park um, as well as several other singers. We also have vendors um, with different artists so people can see um, some of our artwork, which I think is a beautiful way of showing, you know, despite the genocide, how we've held on to mm. our traditional ways. Mm-hmm. And we will have um, a prayer tree, a tobacco tying area mm. and a prayer tree, mm-hmm. which is our traditional way, our tobacco ties, our offerings. Um, we will have that um, space available for people to come in and, you know, offer their prayers and and best wishes for us. And we will have a healing um, tent, a sacred area for survivors um, or anyone that's been triggered or needs extra support that day. Um, Yeah, we just have... uh, you know, counselors, healers coming mm-hmm. from around the province, which is just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and as mentioned, also, there's a, a diabetes tent. There will be some food and nourishment and traditional food on site for those mm-hmm. who uh, are hungry because it is our way when we gather to feast. So we wanted to ensure that there was um, something something nice there to have a bite of. Right. Yeah. But yeah. things just keep popping up. We keep adding, adding more. There's art installation projects. There's the vamps. Um, there's just so much. So, uh, yeah, everyone will just have to constantly kind of go back to the agenda and see how it's been evolving and, and all the wonderful opportunities that will be available to participate in. We're very, very excited. Mm. 
I, if you don't mind, I'd like to switch over to the the organization uh, Indigenous Arts Collective of Canada that you are part of and who is is sort of sponsoring this uh, this day. Um, because first of all, it's a lovely website that you have, and uh, I'd like people to know more about uh, this. Uh, it's actually pastthefeather.org if people go to that uh, to to find this uh, Indigenous Arts Collective of Canada website. So, can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, this was created by Dawn Setford. She's okay. the founder. Yeah. Um, Past the Feather is, is, is her business, and the Indigenous Art Collective is the not-for-profit side mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. And this just comes from a, a place within us where we wanted to um, help our artists um, be able to reconnect to traditional art forms. Um, we really want to revitalize these, these traditional ways and help... Um, help the community who hasn't um, been raised in the culture, help help mm. them be able to have opportunities to connect. So I actually met Dawn, you know, a few years ago now at a conference and mm. I was so excited <laughs> to have the opportunity to go and learn how to make a ribbon skirt, something mm. I hadn't done at the time. And uh, her and I just clicked. We're both feather keepers. And, um, we were going to offer another conference um, before COVID hit, but of course COVID hit. And so we switched our funding into creating a platform um, for artists to be able to sell their work because mm-hmm. we knew power seasons, you know, mm-hmm. the, these times where a lot of artists are able to go out and, and make an income was now unavailable to them. So we created a marketplace, online marketplace, um, where artists could sell their work. And we also created Indigi Artsy, which is... Um, right. Um, makes a lot of different websites um, for artists to to start to become, you know, their own sole proprietors of of their craft. Um, so, yeah, what we just try to do is create that platform, a, you know, a safe and sacred place for Indigenous people to uh, reclaim and, and revitalize these traditional, beautiful ways that we craft. Mm. Now, is it fair to say that there's a, an emphasis and a focus on women? I would say it's fair to say that <laughs> we're very uh, women led and, and support our women. Um, mm-hmm. But we do, um, you know, there's, there's men that come into our auction place. There's men that we've invited into our conferences to, to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, most, you know, we're very woman driven. So most of our conferences are creating workshop spaces for, uh, for women, for sure. Right, right. Um, and it's wonderful to see this. It, it's a really lovely website. Uh, I have to say, it's it's really nice. I love it, the way that it's all put together here. Very easy. Yeah, that's all done. <laughs> very artsy. Really? She's very, very artsy, yeah. And she's done a great job on it, that's for sure. Um, and, and thank you for mentioning Indignartsy. Indig- <laughs> that's a great name as well. I love it. Kind of plays off the Etsy thing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's you know, we a big part of, of how Don and I connected to was with the work that I do, I provide indigenous treatment programming for kids in care. And um, and with my, my job at my healing lodge, and I used to own a recovery center, it was very much driven to um, help indigenous artists be able to come in and work with our youth. And so a lot of those indigenous artists didn't do that as a workshop facilitator before mm-hmm. and, and, you know, helping them to, to take with that craft and, and make an income from it, I think is really, really important um, and helps my youth reconnect to culture. So I see, I see the youth and, and these adults and artists kind of come full circle together, which is beautiful. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, as I look at um, 
the world around me. I really want to elevate our indigenous people to that platform. I do that with healers as well. Mm. Um, you know, we, we, we have psychotherapists and psychologists and, mm. and medical doctors and chiropractors. Mm. And, <laughs> and I really truly believe in our traditional ceremonies and ways. So we're trying to elevate our people to be recognized mm. on, and, and on that platform, but also as, uh, accessible to um, community members and the non-Indigenous community as well to be able to connect to our traditional and sacred ways. Mm. That sounds great. Uh, do you have um, uh, ongoing sort of events and things that people participate in as well? I mean, I, I know COVID is a, is, is, has certainly um, something that we have to take into consideration, but uh, prior to that, and are you slowly starting to incorporate more if you do those kind of things? Yeah, it is. It is just right now because of COVID, it's mm. been very difficult. So we're we're hoping that we can have our next conference um, in spring of next year. Mm-hmm. Um, my healing lodge, Missaway New Relations Healing Lodge, is just starting to kind of get up and running and opening the doors again for those workshops and opportunities. Yeah, it's just right now. It's you know we're getting into the fall, yeah. and and we you know we speculate there might be some some challenges this fall so i know myself and just the guidance that i've had from medicine people is is um you know the fall might be still a difficult time for us so we're just kind of taking our time taking it day by day i know me as a mom um i'm part-time single mom so when uh, my kids can't go to school then i'm at home trying to figure out how to to work and parent and be virtual teacher so um, yeah, we, we don't have any, I guess, other events just right now. Our sole focus has been on September 30th. And then I think we will probably take some time off to just have a breather and then uh, start planning our next conference, which, yeah, I think will be spring 2022. Right. Uh, I have to just ask for clarification on something. You just said they're part-time single mom. Is that what you just said? <laughs> yeah, I'm a mom. And, and uh, you know, my children go back and forth to their dads. But when they're with me, it's just me and my two little guys. So, you know, I just, during the pandemic, I was just very aware that uh, how difficult it would be. And, you know, praise all the single parents out mm. there. Oh yeah, um, it's hard when sure. when our kids can't go to school. Mine are home right now oh, because yeah. my son needed a COVID test because he had a tummy ache. Mm. So you know he that test results came back negative, but mm. it's a balancing act. You know, my sure. in person teaching had to become virtual teaching this past week. So, right. um, with recognizing those challenges and that. Um, you know, we can have our children back home with us at any time. I think everyone just has to be a little bit cautious with how they create work schedules these days. So with that in mind, you know, us ladies um, running this collective thought, you know, it was best to kind of set the next conference for the new year. Right. Now, just before we finish up, I I did want to mention that the Indigenous Arts Collective of Canada, as you you pointed out, I believe this at the top, which is a a not-for-profit organization. So people can actually make uh, donations, correct? Yes, and we welcome them. (laughs) It's been a lot of work to try and fundraise for this event. Mm. So yes, we welcome the generosity of, of everybody. Miigwech. And so if, if people go to the uh, pastthefeather.org, uh, which will take them to the Indigenous Arts Collective website, uh, they can find a place there, right, I believe, at the top or somewhere where it says for people to donate. Where did I see that? 
Yeah. And right on our remember me page, there's mm-hmm. several, several times I saw Don put in the button, donate, donate. I think um, that might've been the website. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. For sure. That's yeah. it for sure. Uh, Jenny, it's been a real pleasure speaking with you. I, I want to say Nyawa and Chimiguach for joining us on the show to uh, share about the remember me September 30th event uh, that is going on uh, at Parliament Hill and how people can participate both uh, in real sense by being there if they can or, and or online. And um, is there anything else about this that we didn't touch on just before we finish up that you think is important to mention? I uh, know. I think I think we touched on everything. I've been so grateful for this interview and get you miigwech for your support. Our pleasure, and we're glad to be able to help you out and, and share whatever we can to help promote this uh, mm-hmm. throughout our our network as well. So, uh, Jenny, again, Chimigwech and Yawagoa for taking the time to join us on the show to talk about your event coming up on September 30th. And uh, all the best in the future. Thank you so very much. All the best to you, too. Thank you. All right. You take care. You, too. Okay. Bye, Jay. Bye-bye. That's Jenny Sutherland. She is the executive executive director for the Indigent Art Collective of Canada, and they have an event happening on September 30th, which is, of course, the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, and that will be taking place at Parliament Hill starting at 10 a.m. You can find out more by going to uh, the website of Remember Me September 30th. Org. And uh, you can also find out more about the organization behind it and if you go to uh, passthefeather.org and uh, find out more there. All right, that's this part of the show. Please don't go away. We will be right back with more right after this. Now back to Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. Welcome back to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses, and you're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. And it's a pleasure to welcome to the show Stephen Upton. He is the Director of Sales and Customer Experience at Hansomet. It is a specialty dental, pharmaceutical, and medical device distributor servicing the needs of Canada's dental professional community. It was established in 1996, and Hansmed became the exclusive distributor of Ultracane. It's the world's first Articane-based dental anesthetic. I'm going to get Stephen to maybe talk about that a little bit. We're getting that jargon stuff happening already. Anyway, Hansomed Health Canada approved distribution facility provides 3PL services for life science manufacturers such as Philip Healthcare and Nanosonics. Their team is committed to actively meeting their clients' needs with Uh, their commitment to education, both supporting existing programming as well as offering unique educational experiences, delivering best-in-class therapies. Now, on September 30th, of course, the first National Day of Truth and Reconciliation, as well as Orange Shirt Day, Handsome Eddie, in an effort to give back and to show support for this day, has decided to donate a percentage of their total daily sales to a similar Indigenous-owned dental service business or organization. So it's a pleasure to have Stephen on the show to talk about this and also talk a little bit more about uh, Hansmed, give us some more background and the kind of things that they do. You don't often get to hear about the ongoings or or some of the things that these businesses that provide these services to us uh, because they're not the the people that we directly deal with, but they certainly affect uh, the kind of, obviously from what it's saying about the company, affects the the services that we end up uh, getting delivered to us uh, as the recipients of clients whose uh, products they are delivering and uh, supplying uh, to, uh, to I guess, dental practitioners uh, eventually along the line. So, Stephen, welcome to the show. 
Yeah, well, thanks very much, uh, David, for for having me. Um, you know, I've I've listened to the show. Uh, you have some really creative and inspiring guests mm. uh, that appear. Uh, so I feel you know really fortunate to be uh, to be a part of it uh, today. Um, and yeah, thanks very much for the the, the introduction there about Handsome Ed. Um, hopefully, uh, the listeners didn't get too lost in the jargon and uh, all of that uh, dental talk. Um, but, you know, kind of to put it maybe a little bit more uh, simply, sure. you know, what's really interesting is, you know, our products uh, have touched the lives of millions of Canadians across the country, from St. John's, Newfoundland, to Callowit, uh, Nunavut, to Courtney, British Columbia on Vancouver Island. Uh, but as you kind of mentioned, uh, you'd never know it. Uh, wow. And that's generally because we are in the business to business sales. Uh, we do distribute and sell to dental practitioners, dental surgeons <clears throat> across Canada. Um, and, you know, I think the most common uh, product, as you had mentioned, is a local anesthetic. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you're in the dental office and you hear, uh, that, oh, you have a, a cavity uh, mm -hmm. that has to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. um, most people don't mind, you know, necessarily having a cavity, but it's probably receiving the local anesthetic, <laughs> which is the scary part or the, the needle, right, yeah, to freeze yeah. that uh, particular area. So mm -hmm. um, chances are, if, you, if you've had that procedure done, um, you know, you would have used uh, or the doctor would have used one of one of our products. Mm -hmm. Wow. Fascinating yeah. stuff. So to see it all comes it becomes very personal all, all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, we don't have very many um, uh, business to consumer products. Mm. Uh, we do have um, a couple. One of them, actually, if you're um, a mom or a dad uh, listening in, uh, you may be uh, familiar with the brand BioGaia. And BioGaia is used by mothers and fathers with their with children sometimes when they're developing or they have uh, issues of colic. Mm. So there's kind of gas, you know, in the stomach. And mm. so BioGaia for kids helps uh, to digest mm. um, a little bit better. It provides um, probiotics to the mm. gut. Wow. Um, Hansomed actually sells something uh, directly to consumers called BioGaia ProDentis. And mm. this is for um, a similar type of concept, but it's providing um, probiotics for the mouth and basically to keep the good bacterias uh, outnumbering the bad bacteria in the mouth. So it's something that's more preventative um, that that you could you could purchase. So most of it is uh, business to business, like I said. Hmm. Fascinating stuff. Yeah. And you know, it was yeah. also very interesting because I thought you were you were specifically uh, talking uh, to me when you said you said you know right across the country and you said Courtney in British Columbia. Well, my family lives in Courtney, British Columbia. So, so no like, how did you know that? <laughs> wow. You know what? And that's so funny because we we I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> and the reason why I said Courtney actually is because my um, my brother in law is uh, in the Air Force. Oh yeah. And he works. Uh, uh, out of Comox. Sure. Um, I guess uh, that's, you know, next to Courtney. Yep. And and we do have uh, we do have a few uh, dental practices that we supply there. The military base actually yep. is, is one of them. So. Um, so, yeah, that's what I mentioned. But that's really, really <laughs> funny. That's uh, good to know. <laughs> good to know. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up just so people know uh, Comox, the the airport. Uh, it is a it, it is a um, there is an airport for uh that is not military and you can fly in there. I've flown in, flown in there several times. Um, but also uh, they have an amazing air show 
uh, you know, because of that military base, they have a fabulous air show that happens there. Um, I'm not sure if it's every year, but they certainly get some uh, some wonderful planes that uh, fly into there that area because of uh, uh, of the military base being there. Beautiful area. Yeah, I, I heard it's. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to go visit my brother-in-law uh, at some point. Uh, when travel becomes a little bit more uh, accessible, I guess, right, and uh, a little bit easier. But yeah, here it's just an absolutely beautiful place. You have the mountains, you have mm-hmm. uh, the water, and kind of everything in between. So it seems like a great paradise for if you're an outdoorsy type of person. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's also, it's called the Comox Valley, and uh, there's the Comox Valley uh, Glacier. Now, the glacier has, of course, because of um, climate um, it has receded quite a bit, but you can still see it. Um, it's still there, but uh, from the time that I've been going out there over over a number of decades, I could really see how it's uh, receded because of the melting that it's going through. So, wow. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. I mean, obviously, um, you know, the other uh, the other, I guess, uh, reason why I'm I'm here to talk about, uh, I guess, a bit about Hansmed, but also about you know. National Truth and uh, and Reconciliation Day on September 30th. Yes. Um, so, you know, just to give, I guess, a little bit more about uh, how Hans Samed, um, you know, wants to and, and likes to give back. Um, you know, yeah. we've been a part of uh, some different organizations over the years. Um, a, a couple to name uh, would be, you know, Access to Care Program, which is through the University of Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, they basically provide... Um, you know, uh, less fortunate um, people with the dental care that they need mm. uh, through the school. Okay. Uh, so it's offered at, uh, you know, a reduced price for mm. these, um, these, um, these patients. Mm. And it's done through the students at U of T that are training in the, the oh, dental yeah. fact- faculty. So, right. um, so that's one way that we, uh, we give back. We, we actually donate to U of T uh, uh, annually. And then one actually that uh, is kind of cool and it was tying into the, the climate uh, concern, I guess, that we were talking about just a second ago with the glacier. Um, we just recently partnered up with another company called Watershed. And Watershed maintains um, Canada's lakes across the country, uh, more through natural remedies like mm. planting okay. um, more grass, mm-hmm. trees, and yep. bush along coastlines, okay. as opposed to putting retaining walls and yep. that sort of thing. Sure. Um, and I found this really interesting. I mean, Canada has over 2 million lakes across the country. Uh, that's just, I mean, I'm part, I'm living in Ottawa and there's a ton around here, but mm-hmm. 2 million seemed like a huge number right. uh, to me. So, um, so those are a couple of the, um, the organizations that we, we partner with mm. uh, in Canada, as you could tell, they're a little bit smaller. They're not large um, organizations that mm-hmm. everyone may, may know of. Right. Um, so when, uh, when I was speaking with, um, you know, the team at Hansomed, we were thinking about how we can also recognize um, September 30th, um, trying to determine what the best way is. And, um, one of the the main, I guess, partners that we decided to to join with is um, the First Nations Caring Society. Mm. Uh, this is a society that was uh, founded in 1998, um, uh, specifically, you know, around uh, caring and looking uh, basically to 
to um, encourage education, safety, uh, and where you're, where these families are, Indigenous families are living, um, and focus on children. And again, like I said, um, families. So mm. uh, they had their second kind of annual meeting in 1999. And uh, over the last few years, uh, they've developed different awards and different scholarships. Mm. Um, so, um yeah, as you had mentioned, Handsome Ed would like to kind of recognize September 30th amongst uh, the employees of Handsome Ed and to all of the 8,500 dental practices Canada-wide by offering uh, 10% of our uh, sales on September 30th um, that we can donate it to uh, First Nations Child and Family Caring Society. Um, and there's a specific scholarship as well that, that we're looking into uh, to, to use this for. Uh, so I think it's more about awareness uh, throughout all of our dental practices. We're kind of in a unique position where we can, uh, we can pr- promote this and bring this uh, to everyone's um, point of view and viewpoint across Canada mm-hmm. um, because of the, the position that we're, we're in dealing with all of these uh, practices. And of course, throughout our own staff and employment as well. Yes, that's that's great that you have uh, taken this initiative. Uh, I'm I'm wondering if if you're if you have either heard of other businesses doing something similar to this, and or uh, are you hoping that perhaps this might uh, stimulate other non-indigenous businesses to perhaps follow suit and do the do something similar? Well, exactly. Um... Yeah, to, uh, truthfully, I haven't heard of too many mm-hmm. uh, uh, businesses as of yet, yep. uh, like ours yep. in Canada, that have, have done something like this. And yes, this is definitely a call to action uh, to to you know bring this in the forefront to other businesses um, who, you know, it's interesting, actually, David, you and I were talking about this uh, last week um, a little bit about, um, you know, in, in certain provinces, the uh, the holiday is is recognized. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, in British Columbia, I believe um, September thirtieth is is a provincial holiday. In other parts of the country, in Ontario, it, it's not. Um, so instead of you know deciding that yeah we're going to um, you know take this day to recognize and remember. Uh, we're we're going to do that, but we're also going to be able to give back. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is certainly a call to action, I would say, to other businesses, uh, local businesses, especially Canadian businesses like ours, um, to to take uh, the time. And, and I'm looking forward to, you know, it's not just a one time uh, commitment from us. It's, you know, it's it's a lifelong commitment, I think, for September 30th. Now, the other thing uh, that is going on with uh, Stephen Upton and uh, Hansomet here is they are donating, as we just found out, uh, Stephen mentioned this just a couple of minutes ago in our conversation, that uh, Hansomet is going to be donating 10% of their uh, total profits on September 30th uh, to an organization um, as a way of giving back and recognizing this uh, and and uh, and as a way for for the company to find a way to give back as well and and uh, I see I think Stephen you mentioned something about uh, your employees and I'm not sure what were you saying about your employees recognizing the day or or getting involved somehow what was that yeah well um, you know it's it's uh, again we, we talked about you know the, the basically like the awareness campaign right. I yes. mean I think that's that's the the main purpose that you know I'm I'm uh, here today 
Um, and for our employees, it's, it's equally important. So, um, you know, we've had uh, some discussions with the entire team at our town hall mm. uh, last week yep. um, around this topic uh, to make everyone uh, also aware of it. And, you know, we have a very tight knit group at Hansomed. Uh We're roughly 42 employees. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's, uh, you know, kind of unique about our company is um, we have uh, team members from all across the world that work at Hansmed. Uh, they've moved to uh, Canada at one point or another. Mm. And um, I am, you know, obviously a, a very um, obvious uh, minority at, uh, at Hansmed. Um, we represent probably 10 or 15 different countries across uh, the world, which mm. is really cool. Um, and so this um, call to action just uh, really fits with um, with our uh, mission. And that's mm. basically to um, better the lives of dental patients and uh, our communities that, mm. that we serve. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this goes hand in hand uh, with that. Right. Um, so I think all of our employees are, um, are motivated um, generally speaking uh, as well, as far as the business is concerned, you know, the last day of the month, as tends mm-hmm. to be the busiest mm. um, and that's very similar to to all different industries mm. and business so uh, we're really looking forward we really want to knock it out of the park mm-hmm. um, and uh, and make it a successful uh, day for us and it's going to be yeah like you mentioned 10 percent of our of our sales on that day yes um, so um, I guess one thing to touch on as as well, is this specific scholarship that we're going to be um, donating to. Yes. Uh, this is called the Jordan's Principal Scholarship. Oh, yeah. So um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the, the story of Jordan River Anderson. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but he is, a, you know, he was a child born with um, multiple different disabilities. Um, and um, at the age of two, kind of the doctors said, well, he can can go go home and um you know the a special home basically for his medical needs um and there's a bit of a deliberation between whether the federal or the provincial governments were going to basically pay for his home-based care yes and then at the age of five he passed away in the hospital so um so this scholarship is specifically for first nation students studying children's health or children with disabilities uh, so currently, there are three scholarships given out um, every year uh, in the in the past three years, and uh, and we're hoping to basically add three more uh, to um, their their offering uh, for the, the year twenty twenty two. So for us, you know, the education is really important. We're um, a company based on education uh, as well. You can't really do dental without the proper education and knowledge. So we support, like I mentioned, U of T and, and other uh, educational organizations. So this just fit uh, for us as well. Mm. And so we're really excited to, to partner with, with First Nations Caring Society and specifically the scholarship. Right. Yes, I am very familiar with uh, Jordan's principle, and, and it's. Uh, thank you for bringing that up and mentioning it. And, and yes, it was very, very unfortunate. The whole reason for that uh, that developing 
Now, the other thing, you know, you mentioned about Hansmith, you said you were in Ottawa. And I'm just yes. wondering, you know, and, and I thank you once again for allowing me to be part of your town hall last week and, and uh, talk with your staff and, uh, you know, share a little bit about uh, myself, about the station and about uh, uh, what was going on on September 30th. Uh, but you had people, as you say, online that were in different parts of the country. Um, mm-hmm. I know that uh, if you go online and you look up Hansomid, you, you see that there's a Mississauga office. Um, but you have dist- different offices across the country? Well, so I guess the, um, uh, we, we have our main office warehouse distribution center in Mississauga. Mm. Um, so... Um, I'm actually just working out of out of my home in Ottawa, right. and um, and we do have you know our team that's uh, based out of different parts of the, the country of Montreal, um, Toronto, mm. Calgary, and Vancouver. Right. And um, and the reason I'm actually in Ottawa is uh, that's where I grew up. I'm born and raised in Ottawa. Mm. Uh, I moved to Toronto uh, over ten years ago, mm-hmm. and due to COVID, um, I was living in a, a little condo with my uh, my wife and uh, and my newborn who mm. was born two months before march 11th 2020 Jeez. uh so we we decided um at the end of last year to move a bit closer to home and right. have a bit more space where we could work remotely right. in comfort um and uh and you know my parents have uh, and, and my wife's parents have benefited <laughs> quite greatly from this <laughs> obviously seeing my daughter quite a bit yeah um over the over the last year so um so we are you know spread out across con- across the country um so our our other kind of montreal vancouver calgary uh, team members uh, they go out and, and visit the dental practices mm. um and so they're based there so that we can kind of cover our bases across uh, the country and, and service everyone as best we can mm-hmm. all right that's great now you mentioned something else which if you don't mind just clarifying what you meant by this you said you were in a minority within the company what mm-hmm. did you mean by that well, I meant physical minority, I guess, okay. and um, and that's more or less just because you know I am uh, a white male, mm. um, born and raised in Canada. Uh, my family, um, you know, has generations here in mm. Canada, um, and you know, possibly uh, if you, I guess, you know, as most Canadians, if if you've lived here for cent, your family has been here for centuries, uh, you know, maybe chances are. Uh, possibly I, I would have some um, indigenous uh, blood in, uh, de- somewhere down the line. Mm. Um, but, you know, um, I, I meant, yeah, more of a physical minority mm. because we have, uh, we do have um, uh, employees from all over the world and, and from China, from India, uh, different parts uh, of Europe, um, different parts of Central America, and uh and even uh from uh, africa so mm. um you know we, we're certainly an inclusive inclusive group mm-hmm. um and um and yeah so i, I mean i'm really lucky and, and fortunate to be a part of uh this group and um you know i think um it also allows me to uh to open my mind up to you know what other uh cultures and and things are out there just as a, as a quick little example um so that we could uh internally get to know each other even more mm. uh we created like a handsome ed cookbook <laughs> where uh, everyone from the team kind of <laughs> contributed their own recipe 
and uh, and you can just see, you know, the melting pot <laughs> of um, of different um, different cuisines and stuff uh, across. So that's just kind of like one example that yeah. it was really really cool uh, to to review and. Yeah. Um, and yeah, be part of some. That sounds great. Uh, what a great idea. Maybe uh, you've given some other people some ideas of, of doing something similar to that. That would be, that would be a lot <laughs> yeah, of fun. Well, yeah, it is. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm still, I still need to perfect quite a few recipes. Hey. I don't think we'll ever get to make it just like they do at home no. sort of thing. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a cool way to get to know, uh, to get to know uh, know right. your people that, that you work with. Well, sure. not only that, it's a great way to test, uh, taste something new, to have some fun around food, and then of course a great way to, to stimulate conversation with other people in the in the company whose whose recipes you've tried. So that's that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, Stephen, so. the, the other thing I wanted to mention is, because uh, you said, um, you know, you're working remotely. And I'm just wondering, do you feel that your company, uh, and I'm, I'm wondering if this is going to stick now, uh, if you're getting the sense that uh, having a more open mind around working remotely is something that uh, your business, and, and maybe you're talking to some other businesses, that they feel they're going to, perhaps implement on a more regular basis so that people can work remotely and benefit from the kind of things that you have seen over the last year, you know, being able to be close to family have the support of extended family, which, which, you know, is a big help, especially when you're a young family, you've got young kids. Um, but it doesn't matter, you know, that, that, that helps definitely at that point, but it, it's just great to be around family and, and this idea of working remotely, do we don't have to get in the car, drive forever and, and, either either re- relocate somewhere else because because we have the option to work in a remote uh, fashion right yeah um it's uh you know at first um in march of last year when we uh, switched to everyone working remotely uh there's certainly you know a few growing pains mm-hmm. uh with that um but you know uh, the entire company has has really embraced uh, working remotely. Um, of course, not everyone can. Yep. Um, we sure. have our distribution team, which still goes to the office and really is like our frontline workers. So of we're course. very thankful to have them yep. um, go, showing up to work every day. Yep. Um, and that actually allows the rest of the company to work remotely uh, safely. But the biggest uh, advantage, I think, is what you said, is that work-life balance, uh, being able to um, not <laughs> drive to work mm. every day, especially, mm-hmm. uh, if you're used to driving in, uh, in the city of Toronto, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't always easy, uh, when it snowed or oh. when it, uh, was freezing rain yeah. or anything like that, you know, you had to leave early or you show yep. up to work late, yep. you get there stressed. Yep. Um, and, and you don't even have time to pick up your coffee on the way sure. sort of thing. Right. So yeah, that's definitely, uh, allowed for, a better work-life balance that everyone has certainly appreciated. Uh, it does come with um, with some uh, difficulties as well, though. I mean, you don't get to see your your work friends yeah. uh, very often. Yep. Um, I saw this really uh, great um, comic in a newspaper, and uh, you know, normally people bring uh, photos of their family to work and they have them around their desk 
so when they're at work, they have, you know, their, their children, their wife and everything. Right. Yeah. Um, so there, this comic had uh, someone working at home and it was photos of their, all their work family around them instead. Uh, and I thought that was really, really, really cute because yeah. I mean, that is a reality. Now, uh, we miss these, yeah. um, the chats around the coffee machine and yeah. catching up. Uh, so we've really worked on that. And, and as you mentioned, you were at our town hall and we do these town halls once a month mm -hmm. with everyone from, uh, from the company to get mm -hmm. engaged, talk about, um, you know, some, some, uh, current, um, current, uh, things that are, that are happening at, um, at handsome Ed, but also to have fun. And we usually have, uh, some social, um, games, um, and other activities that we can do as a group mm -hmm. to kind of keep it light and right. connect. Right. Uh, so that's going to be, I think, the most difficult part going forward. We're totally going to be transitioning into in 2022 as fully remote. So mm -hmm. we're going to continue to operate yep. this way and um, and basically offer up our office uh, to, uh, to you know, our staff when they want to go in, yep. or when they need to go in to mm -hmm. kind of get away from their normal uh, yeah. uh, life at home. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're making that transition and, and, um, and we're really excited about it. And everyone, like I said, has embraced it. I think you'll find other companies will do the same. Mm. Uh, Stephen, we're just going to finish up. And I'd like to say that uh, once this has uh, the day of September 30th has passed and you have uh, uh, tallied up uh, the, the sales that you're going to be donating of 10% uh, of your, your total sales for the day, um, which I believe you said you're going to be uh, partnering with the First Nations Caring Society on this. Is that what you said? Correct. So yeah, that's right. uh, once you have that, I'm sure you're going to be making some sort of an announcement or there'll be some sort of an exchange there. Uh, it would be great if you would let us know. Uh, it would be wonderful to have you back perhaps on the show to talk about this further to uh, see where those those funds uh, are going to be going and, and how they're going to be helping and, and and maybe get a little more detail on that at a, at a later date. Yeah, I mean, I'd be really happy to really happy to share the, uh, share that success and also, you know, maybe uh, talk about uh, again, you know, maybe how I participated or how we participated sure. on uh, September 30th. And I think yeah, it's important to keep the conversation going so it doesn't you know, we don't just start having the conversation again yep. in 2022 come September 30th, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so I, I'd be more than happy to join you uh, again. That's Stephen Upton. He is the Director of Sales and Customer Service at Hansomet, and that is a specialty dental, pharmaceutical, and medical device distributor servicing the needs of Canadian dental professional communities across the country. They are going to be donating 10% of their sales on September 30th, the first day of Truth and Reconciliation, to the First Nation Herring Society. That's who they're partnering with. It's wonderful they're doing that, and uh, perhaps other companies can go forward and do the same thing. All right, that's our show for today. Thank you very much for listening to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. This has been Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM.